Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest today on Dan's Talks podcast is Sia Maxami, who is a architect in Southampton and is working on the restoration of a historic uh, church that was used for many years as a place of worship for African-American community connected also at the time with Shinnecock Indians and, and also whites attended it. It's a church that many people probably don't even realize is there. It's a very small, it's, uh, it's on, Will, it's on uh, Windmill Lane, right about where it meets up with uh, Bowden Square at the light there. And um, the Southampton town has become interested in preserving it, which uh, has brought uh, the owners to the uh, fore in restoring it for its current use. It's currently owned by the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center. And first of all, Mr. Sammy, you've done, you went through it. You can tell us a little bit about how it is now. And I'd also start out, I think, by describing how how many square feet it is. It's a rectangle with a steeple and a bell tower and windows. Yes, hi, Dan. Uh, Thank you for having me on your talk. so uh, this building, uh, which is pretty much very dear to all uh, village uh, residents of Southampton Village, uh, uh, is one of the last uh, buildings uh, sitting in its existing condition for many, many years, kind of dilapidated, uh, but still uh, standing uh, proud uh, on, a, on a prominent location on one of the entries, main entries to the village of Southampton. Uh, as you mentioned, it's owned by the Bridgehampton Child Care Center. Uh, I have been involved uh, uh, with the community, uh, African-American community of Southampton through numerous uh, projects, uh, uh, one being the African-American Museum uh, further up the street uh, on North Sea Road, and also the Bridgehampton Child Care Center, which uh, we renovated and uh, actually built a new school building for them. Uh, Bonnie is the director of that institution, and she approached me regarding this project uh, uh, based on the history that I've had working uh, and helping in restoring some of the uh, buildings uh, that are associated with the community. And uh, uh, I took a tour of this building uh, where before COVID basically hit, uh, which is about what, three years ago, and uh, the building has been uh, out of use for quite a long period of time. I don't know exactly the date on that, but uh, I'd say that at least uh, for the past 40 years or so, there has not been much activity in that. It's a very eclectic building. Actually, its styling of it is called something of an exotic revival. Uh, it was built uh, in the early 1920s. It's a small church. It's a 40 by by, by 20 or so uh, square in, in width and length, uh, 
uh, very small church, but very cute uh, uh, and detailed uh, structure with these details manifesting itself in the uh, windows and uh, in, in, in the uh, gable ends, uh, uh, the overhangs, uh, something that uh, has been pretty much lost uh, in the new construction of buildings, uh, primarily residential buildings, which fall under that scale or that type of construction. Uh, so uh, it's funny, throughout the years, many people that I know from the village, since I've been involved in various restoration projects in the village, always approach me and say, who owns this building and uh, uh, what's happening to it? Oh, we love this building. We hope that something's going to happen to it. So uh, I'm glad to see that finally uh, the town is stepping forward and helping the community in, uh, in, in providing grants and funding for the restoration of this project, uh, this building. The building, uh, as I said, has not been in use and building that gets uh, uh, shuttered up usually in time uh, through weathering and the elements uh, take a toll. Uh, and that has shown itself on this building. The structure still stands strong and firm, but pretty much all the finishes uh, and the infrastructure uh, is uh, past its uh, life and we have to restore and renew that. Uh, uh, I'm not quite sure as to the original size of this property because it's literally a, what we call a postage stamp size property. The building pretty much occupies a lot that's slightly larger than the building. So there's not much of a footprint. And I'm not sure whether at the time uh, when it was constructed, it, it, it had larger lot coverage or environments around it. But to date, uh, it's, it's a, basically, as I said, a postage stamp, small lot. And, uh, and, and as I said, it's been abandoned. Uh, its use has been abandoned. At one point, it was a community church where uh, there was a kitchen downstairs in the basement. I assume they had cookouts uh, and, and, and served the community in that sense. But uh, all that has been abandoned for quite a long time. Uh, and uh, we are embarking on uh, restoring of this building and bringing it back as a community building for and of the community. Have uh, you given, been given any information about how it, it, how it might be used and what, what can go on in the building by the owners? Yes. So uh, at first, when we looked at this building, and this was right uh, at the onslaught of the COVID, and if you remember back in those days, restaurants shut off uh, and shut off, uh, and uh, basically public discourse uh, in the way that villages uh, uh, are used to uh, stopped functioning. And uh, one of the needs, uh, uh, for all sorts of communities was basically uh, how to uh, acquire food and so forth. So there was talk that maybe we reintroduce uh, that uh, kitchen in the basement and provide uh, a food pantry for the community. As much as I think that that, uh, and also in addition to that, a small uh, uh, shop where uh, uh, they would basically be uh, selling products uh, produced by the community. Uh, food products primarily. There were a few issues with that. Primarily uh, that uh, because the lot is so small and because the village does not have sewer, 
we could not put a, a treatment plant or, 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 or treatment uh, septic treatment on the property uh, to address the needs of a commercial kitchen. Uh, even though back in the days, there was no permit required for such a, a, a operation. Uh, to date, uh, that's not the case. Uh, the Suffolk County uh, Water Authority has authority over and, uh, and, and jurisdiction over what uh, kind of a kitchen can be approved. And because of the size of the lots, uh, uh, that option, that function uh, is basically not afforded to us. So uh, Barney uh, came back uh, to me uh, looking at basically the next uh, best thing for the community would be some sort of a counseling and advisory center uh, for, for the youth uh, uh, as they uh, go through school, through college and so forth, that this could be a perfect uh, uh, advisory and counseling center. Uh, so uh, uh, we basically opted for that. Uh, the, the kitchen that was downstairs is going to be converted basically pretty much to an in-house kitchenette for the staff. But on the main floor, we are going to introduce about uh, four small offices with a small, very small gathering space shared by these four offices so that it, there would be some counseling and advisory. Yes. Because of its size, are, are you, have you considered... Uh... Uh, like the walls could move and slide on 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 um, wheels, so you can make configurations of offices and things like that. We have. Uh, I mean, being that the building is such a unique architecture in Southampton Village, uh, and uh, and usually uh, when it comes to restoration of buildings and specifically the villages uh, architectural board and historic preservation board basically has jurisdiction over the exterior of the building and not the interior of the building. But there are certain elements on the interior of the building uh, that had some architectural value. Not much has been left from that. Again, this being built as a Presbyterian church back in the 1920s, I assume that again, even in those days, funding uh, was limited. So as far as finishes and details, uh, besides some small uh, 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 details on the pews uh, and the seating in the church. The rest of the uh, church does not have any, the interior of the church does not have any uh, significant uh, uh, architectural elements. Uh, the only thing is the arch that's uh, on top of the apse uh, uh, where the preacher uh, would talk to, uh, to, to its people. And I've used that arch uh, as a defining element in creating a uh, uh, a tall, uh, high ceiling hall, uh, arched hall, that would be the convening place shared by all these four small offices. Uh, the key was that basically these offices had to have privacy associated with it, uh, maintain privacy, but at the same time have the option of gathering and congregating in one spot. So basically all the offices have sliding doors that slide open uh, so that, that that option, as you mentioned, of having smaller spaces, but then opening it up into one larger spaces underneath this arched space uh, is what uh, we're uh, aiming for. Could it be configured in a way uh, with, where it could be uh, a, one large space with uh, something going on at one end, but it filled the whole, the whole uh, church area where the pews were and the, and, and the minister and so forth? So it would be all open. Could the uh, walls be 
these sliding walls make make it that way? Uh, based on the discussions that I've had with Bonnie, the director, uh, Bonnie Cannon, the director of uh, this center, uh, uh, because this is a counseling uh, center, uh, privacy is also an issue uh, during counseling. So uh, it's, it's, it's not as uh, one would expect in, in a church or, or, or a, a congregation uh, where you all communicate in an open space. These, the, the, these services were of utmost importance. And also uh, basically each of the counselors would have to have files and uh, documents and so forth that would have to be able to be locked up and so forth. So smaller spaces were key. Uh, the question is that how can you uh, bridge those smaller spaces into a larger space? And that's what we opted for, that basically creating a central hallway with a high ceiling and then opening uh, uh, slider doors into these smaller offices. And uh, uh, the natural light, which basically are from these unique shaped windows on the exterior walls, travel through these offices into the central hall. And the shape of the arch is pretty much the shape of the original stage or apse of the uh, church. Uh, so I'm picking elements of the old architecture and uh, and and transforming it or translating that into a new tree architectural space uh, for this counseling center. How far along have you gotten with this? Is, uh, has anything been approved or is it still in the creational stage? It's still in the creational stage. Uh, we basically have, uh, uh, I have completed pretty much the preliminary design work we have not uh, approached uh, the boards, uh, the village boards for any kind of uh, uh, approval yet, uh, but uh, we're on the verge of doing so. Just recently, uh, Southampton Villages Architectural Board, uh, independent of uh, all this uh, activity that we've undertaken for restoration of this building, opted to, uh, to, to, to designate this building as a historic structure. This designation, primarily affects the exterior of the building, not the interior of the building, like every other pretty much uh, historic building in this village. Uh, and uh, I brought this to the attention of Bonnie Cannon and we did go to the architecture board and heard out the architecture board's uh, concerns, uh, which is basically consistent with our concerns because we are uh, on the same uh, vision and path as far as the restoration of the outside exactly to what the original specifications of this building was. So even though there is a historic designation, uh, I'm not sure whether it's been adopted yet or not. I think it's in the process of getting adopted, but that does not jeopardize any of the plans that we have undertaken. Uh, if anything, it just brings more attention and more uh, uh, convergence of our interests, both the village uh, boards and uh, uh, the uh, uh, Gideon Lodges uh, board, uh, which is the Bridgehampton Child Care Center, uh, on the same track. Well, thank you for uh, letting me know where this stands. Um, I did some reading about it, and it was originally built uh, for Reverend Thomas C. Ogburn, who was born a slave uh, before the Civil War, and uh, who uh, moved up to Southampton and uh, served as a reverend. He'd gone to uh, uh, a, uh, a religious college and uh, 
became a minister. Uh, and um, uh, he, he uh, had this built, uh, well, by his parishioners, a family, uh, not African-American family, uh, very respected, named uh, Bailey, uh, who funded most of it. And that's how it came about. So there's a lot of history here. And uh, I hope it all works out. I'm sure it will. And thank you very much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.